Hello, this is Nikdha from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Wednesday, the 22nd of July. India has registered around 38,000 new cases again, taking its total tally to over 11,92,000. The death toll has increased to more than 28,000. The Indian Council of Medical Research or ICMR has said that India has conducted nearly 15 million tests as of now. Most doctors who took part in ICMR's trial on plasma therapy have found that blood transfusion from recovered COVID-19 patients to those with moderately severe illness to be effective. However, they have warned that the timing of the transfusion will be challenging. The vaccine against COVID-19 being developed at the Oxford University in the UK is likely to arrive in India by November and will cost around 1,000 rupees. The Serum Institute expects to vaccinate everyone in India within two years. Half of the stock of COVID Shield vaccine manufactured at the Institute will be exported, which implies that out of around 60 million vials made every month, India will receive 30 million. In Delhi, Health Minister Satendra Jain said that a serological survey will be conducted in Delhi every month. This comes a day after a serological study revealed that over 23% of Delhi residents may have been infected with coronavirus. Also, the Delhi airport has announced a seven-day institutional quarantine for international passengers at their own cost. Passengers who arrive by international flights and plan to stay in Delhi will have to undergo primary health screening by airport health officials. This will be followed by a secondary screening at the Delhi government post, after which they will be allowed to proceed to the approved quarantine location in the national capital. Meanwhile, in Mumbai, two private labs tested antibodies of nearly 10,000 people and found that 24.3% had antibodies against COVID-19. Dr. Sujata Baveja, head of microbiology in Cyan Hospital, said that this was good news as it meant that a large number of people were exposed to the virus, had no symptoms and got immunity. The study also found that New Delhi was more exposed to the disease than Mumbai. In another development, Karnataka Chief Minister B.S. Yadurappa said that there will never be another lockdown in Bengaluru or any other part of the state as it was impacting state revenues. He appealed to people to practice social distancing and wear masks. In view of the growing pandemic, the government has extended connectivity norms for work from home for IT and BPO companies till December 31st. Currently, around 85% of the IT workforce is working from home and only those performing critical functions are going to office. The situation in the Northeast is only getting worse. While Assam continues to be inundated with the death toll due to the floods in the state rising to 87 on Tuesday, flooding in the neighbouring state of Meghalaya's West Garo Hill district has claimed the lives of at least five people in the last one week alone. On July 15, four children drowned in floodwaters in Tirikila village, followed by an 18-year-old woman in Demdema village the next day. The state government has announced a compensation of 4 lakh rupees each to the families of the deceased. Meghalaya Chief Minister Konrad Sangma tweeted about the government doing everything to ensure the safety of citizens during this time. Earlier in the day, Union Home Minister Amit Shah assured Sangma of assistance from the centre. Shah wrote on Twitter, and I quote, Loss of lives due to the floods in West Garo Hills, Meghalaya is very disturbing. I have spoken to the Chief Minister and assured him of all possible help from the central government. The nation stands resolutely with the people of Meghalaya in these trying times. Unquote. The West Garo Hills district includes plain areas that are contiguous to some of the flooded districts in Assam. 
As per a report from the district administration, 1.7 lakh people in 195 villages have been affected. Adding that more rain has been predicted in the coming days, Ram Singh, Deputy Commissioner of the West Garo Hills District, said that the assessment of the infrastructure damage will be done when the water level drops. Meanwhile, in Ghaziabad, where in a heart-wrenching incident, Vikram Joshi, a journalist, was shot in his head in front of his two daughters on Monday night, succumbed to his injuries on Wednesday morning. According to the police, Joshi died at around 4:15 a.m. in Nehru Nagar's Yashoda Hospital after having been unresponsive to treatment over the last 24 hours. The journalist was attacked four days after he filed a complaint against some men for allegedly molesting his niece. Expressing his condolences. Uttar Pradesh Chief Minister Yogi Adityanath announced a compensation of 10 lakh rupees for the kin of the deceased. The state government has also announced a job to the journalist's wife and assured free education to his three children. Police have arrested nine people so far, along with the main accused Ravi. Following the journalist's death, Congress leader Rahul Gandhi on Wednesday attacked the Yogi government and said that people were promised Ram Raj but got Gunda Raj instead. BSP chief Mayawati also took a swipe at the central government saying that crime virus spread by criminals is more active than coronavirus in Uttar Pradesh. In Rajasthan the ED has raided the premises of the state chief minister Ashok Gehlot's brother today as a part of countrywide raids in connection with a money laundering case linked to a fertilizer scam. Agrasen Gehlot is facing a 7 crore customs penalty in the alleged scam. Searches are currently underway in at least 13 places in Rajasthan, West Bengal, Gujarat and Delhi. The ED has filed a criminal case under the Prevention of Money Laundering Act based on a customs department complaint and charge sheet in the case. Agrasen is accused of exporting subsidized fertilizers that were meant for farmers between 2007 and 2009 when the Congress led UPA was in power at the center. In 2017 the BJP had alleged that the fertilizer scam came to light after customs officials caught a consignment exported by a firm owned by Agrasen. Fertilizer exports are restricted as they were meant for domestic use. So far six places in Rajasthan, four in Gujarat and two in West Bengal and one location in Delhi are being raided by the agency under the PMLA. Meanwhile the Rajasthan crisis is still on. Former Rajasthan Deputy Chief Minister Sachin Pilot on Tuesday sent a legal notice to Congress MLA Giriraj Singh Malinga in relation to bribery allegations against him. Malinga had on Monday claimed that he was offered 35 crore rupees to join the BJP. Malinga said and I quote, I had a talk with Sachin ji. He offered me money to join the BJP, but I refused saying that I will not join the Safran party. Unquote. Talking of the Sachin Pilot fiasco, do read Anand Vardhan's opinion piece on our website titled "Ashok Gehlot Might Save His Government, But the Congress Will Do Its Best to Placate Sachin Pilot." In other news, amid the border row with China, Defence Minister Rajnath Singh has asked the Indian Air Force to be prepared for any eventuality, saying that rapid deployment of aerial assets at forward locations in eastern Ladakh had sent a strong message to the adversary. The IAF chief had said that his force is poised to counter any aggressive action by China. Rajnath Singh also appreciated the Air Force's proactive response in bolstering operational capabilities over the past few months. He assured the IAF's top brass that all needs of the armed forces will be fulfilled. The film director Basu Chatterjee, who recently died, was known making slice of life cinema. Among his lesser known movies is a movie called Kiraidar. or tenant which was released in 
Showing the travails of renting a house in a big city like Mumbai, it is one of the few Hindi movies based on the story of a tenant and the struggle with the landlord. Also, the title song of the movie, more than the movie itself, is a wonderful summary of all the problems that a tenant has to face. In fact, from putting up a huge security deposit to dealing with huge insecurities and egos of landlords and neighbours who don't treat you well because you're a tenant, tenants in India have to go through a lot. On top of all this is the massive pressure from parents and relatives to get settled in life by buying a house. Of course, there is some flip side to this as well, with tenants making life difficult for landlords by not moving out once the contract ends and creating general nuisance. The trouble is that, in most Indian cities, home prices went up at a massive pace between 2002 and 2015. And even though they have fallen in a few places and remain stable in others, home prices still remain unaffordable for the average Indian. This was an excerpt from the latest News Laundry Sena project by the well-known economist and writer Vivek Kaul. It is titled, India's Unreal Estate. Why you still can't afford to buy that home. Thanks to all the 27 readers who contributed to make this story see the light of day. Listeners, I urge you to spare some time to go through the News Laundry website. Look at the stuff we do and decide for yourself if we deserve your support because that is the only thing that is keeping us going. As many of you know, News Laundry is a reader-funded, 100% ad-free news platform. Because we believe when the advertiser pays, the advertiser is served. But when the public pays, the public is served. So do consider subscribing to us. And now for some international updates. The US has ordered China to close its consulate in Houston, Texas by Friday, a move described as a political provocation by Beijing. The US State Department said that the move was taken in order to protect American intellectual property. But China's foreign ministry spokesperson Wang Wenbin said it was outrageous and unjustified. The statements came after unidentified individuals were filmed burning paper in bins in the building's courtyard. Tensions have been rising between US and China for quite some time now. President Donald Trump's administration has clashed repeatedly with Beijing over trade and the coronavirus pandemic, as well as China's imposition of a controversial new security law on Hong Kong. Just yesterday, US Justice Department had accused China of sponsoring hackers, targeting labs developing COVID-19 vaccines, charging two Chinese nationals who allegedly spied on US research companies and got help from state agents for their thefts. Meanwhile, the number of COVID-19 cases in the world has crossed 15 million. The country worst hit by the pandemic is the United States, followed by Brazil. At least 616,000 people have succumbed to the disease. In his daily briefing, Donald Trump said US COVID-19 crisis will get worse before it gets better. He added, and I quote, Some areas of our country are doing very well, others are doing less well. Unquote. While reiterating that India was second after US in testing samples for COVID-19, Trump said, and I quote again, we're going to be over 50 million tests, unquote. Trump also said that his administration is willing to work with anybody, including China, if they are the first to provide a successful COVID-19 vaccine. Meanwhile, researchers worldwide are racing to develop and test a vaccine for the virus. A Chinese-made vaccine against COVID-19 has entered the final stage of testing in Brazil, where volunteers received the first doses. The vaccine, developed by private Chinese pharmaceutical firm Sinovac Biotech, became the third in the world to enter phase 3 of clinical trials or large-scale testing on humans, which is the last step before regulatory approval. And now for some homegrown stuff from Newslaundry.com. 
If you like keeping a track of the news media ecosystem not just in India but around the world and how it is evolving, do sign up for Stop Press, News Laundry's weekly newsletter. In the latest edition, Chitranshu writes about bundle subscription services and if it is possible for them to drive more readers to pay without eating into publishers' revenues. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.